Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. I'm Tamia Stinson with the Creative City Podcast, and today I am here with Micah Paldino, a Fallon Thatcher, PR pro, now officially part of Anna Wintour's Vogue Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag squad goals. <laughs> yeah, hey, why not? Hey, Micah, how are you? Good, how are you? Pretty good, thanks. Thanks good. for joining of me. Of course, of course. So let's get right into this, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you yeah. about the Vogue.com feature, yeah. and I remember... Uh, it was a couple months ago when you were like, hey, somebody from Vogue reached out to me. Right. I got to get right on this. Yeah. So exactly how did that sure. all come to fruition? How did that work out? Yeah. So um, back in April of uh, last year, I started toying around with these ideas of how storytelling and product and um, trends can merge together in some type of way. And I really didn't. I, I didn't know how it was going to manifest itself or form. So I started pulling inspiration and just kind of following a very natural um, storyboard type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, pulling, yeah, because you consider yourself a creative storyteller. Is absolutely. that part of where that developed from? Definitely. Okay. And it's something that's very new. I mean, anyone mm-hmm. can make up a title for themselves and, you know, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. Right. Right. And so that was kind of part of it was that. You know, I created a new title for myself um, because it's my company and I can do whatever, do I, whatever want. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I, I want. Whatever you wanted to. I can do whatever I want. And um, I really hadn't tested it and I hadn't really um, put it into fruition and put you hadn't it into movement. The storytelling, the storytelling part of it. Part okay. of it. Okay. You know, I mean, as a publicist, and that's what I've done for eight years right. now is connect cool stories with the right editor at the right publication or the right blogger and you know how do you spin it in a way that interests people and gets them moving and gets them to experience the product so that part I feel like you know that was already sad and that's a big part of it and it is a big part of it absolutely um it is a it's a really difficult thing especially with the climate we have with you know newspapers and blogs and online and you know that's something I understand very well but I I really hadn't had a chance to to put into motion what creativity meant in a very meta, very kind of 30,000 feet way, uh-huh. like looking down on it from like a flight going from like Cincinnati to Miami, which is where <laughs> I wish I was right now because it's the heat, you know, the Del middle of winter. Yeah, but like what if you took a, a story and you merged it with... Um, a trend. What if you, and something that we're calling a friend of mine, you know, future casting. What if you mm-hmm. took a trend and you put it into the future and you say that it existed and you let editors know that it does exist and it's real because I say it's real hmm. um, in a sense. And so. This is feeling kind of matrixy. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of like a movie. Um, you know, it is kind of like writing your own film. It is. And yeah. it, it takes as much time. I'm, it, it does take does a lot it? of time, too. Yeah, so, you know, I was like, you know, the best way to do this is to give all of these ideas a place to live, something that's, you know, spherical, and it focuses at one end point, and that end hmm. point is a character. Okay. It's a character. Because, why a character? Is it because you can kind of imbue them with whatever you want whatever them Whatever you want them to, to do, okay. you know, and 
well, I got really into children's books, so I visited my friend in Phoenix, and like I was, you know, around these kids, and I'm like reading them this book, Drag- Dragons Love Tacos, you know, and it takes, oh. yeah, it's just so so funky. Okay. It was so funky and retro, huh. and like so, it's totally not Harry Potter, right. you know what I mean? Totally different, and it was like super simple, and it was like the story of a dragon who can't eat. I can't remember what he's supposed to eat, but he likes Probably tacos. Probably not tacos. Probably not tacos, Mm-mm. but. He can't, oh, yeah, so the, they love tacos, but they can't have hot salsa, okay? Because when they have hot salsa, all of a sudden the fire spews from their mouths, oh, okay? So, right, Same totally, right? Yeah. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So I just loved how it was like 20 very compact pages of talking about these dragons who love tacos but can't have hot salsa. And it's I just so abstract. Thought, it's so abstract, <laughs> right? It's so abstract, and I was just like, this is really interesting, and... And so I was like, what if I created a character? What if I thought about her story like a children's book? Okay. But I infused oh, it okay. uh-huh, with avant-garde fashion, uh-huh. with um, avant-garde objects. I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the connection You're now. You're seeing it more yeah. now? So uh-huh. I called her Blaze Bender. Now, where did you come up with the name Blaze Bender? Because yeah. that straight up sounds like <laughs> something off of one of my grandma's stories. <laughs> Like, did you watch All My Children when you were little? Where did that come from? Well, I, you know, I I do name branding for a living. You do a lot of name branding. A lot of name branding. And it's always so funny because I I don't sometimes know where these ideas come from. I'll just be, like, walking down the street and I'll see, you know, a shape. And I'm like, what is that shape? What is the name of that shape? Oh, there's really no name for it. I'll take a photo of it. And you and I talk about this a lot. Like, or I'll screenshot something on Instagram. And I'll search the shape and I'll pull out you know, pull out little prefixes of the shape that might okay. mean something later and right. I put it on the wall and then I go deep into the history of the shape and it's, it, it drives everybody crazy <laughs> like in my office. all the different yeah, elements, though. All the different elements, mm-hmm. all the composition, that micro-compositional structure. Right. And so uh, there was an intern who worked for me. I don't think she knows this. I probably should tell her, but... Um, <laughs> She, um, this intern who worked for me, yeah, I'll send her the link, but she, um, she was awesome and I just loved her, her whole story and she was super cool. She's from Fort Thomas, Kentucky and she worked really hard and I, I liked her and her last name was Bender and I always thought that was a really cool last last name. name. It's like really crazy. And then she could go on a on, bender. Yeah, like she could belly. go on a yeah. You never know. Exactly. I mean, she could find the wrong boyfriend and be you know have to go to rehab. I don't know. <laughs> and um, so sh- so Bender was the last name. I knew that, and so I lived with that for a couple of days. Okay. And then I was like, I need something that I need something that is like thrust on the scene, something like very cinematic and theatrical and like, like one syllable, one syllable, like whatever. And there are not a lot of those names really. Like I'm not going to call her firebender. I'm not going to call her, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's not like that. And I was like, blaze, you know, she's blazing the way for Ah, women all over the world. And she's an inspirational figure. So blaze bender. And I would tell people that name and they're like, Whoa, like that's a crazy that name. That is a crazy name. It's a crazy name, and that's the reaction I wanted, so mm-hmm. that's what I live with, and I didn't have any other options, so I just went with it. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I have no That also helps you it make also decisions. Helps. Yep. Helps you make decisions. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm a big believer that like creativity is malleable and um you can always have a direction. You can always try to work towards something, but the whole point of creativity is that like you meander on these little paths, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a fork in the road and there's a fork in the road to the fork in the road to the fork in the road and Is that you why know? my focus is so crappy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That seems Maybe. like an explanation that I I could yeah. probably relate well, to but, really. But 
you know, sometimes those forks in the road that lead to forks in the road lead to abstract, and they mm-hmm. are a merge of many different eras of like the 30s, of the 70s, of the 80s, right. of the 90s, and like that's what makes something cool and looks cool. And yeah, it's really important you to, know? Be able to make those connections between seemingly disparate ideas. Absolutely, yeah. it's like taking you know, four different puzzle boxes of a thousand pieces and throwing them all on the table and figuring out which ones can work together. And I'm sure that there are, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the whole idea of Blaze Bender was to bring together a group of people who saw this crazy vision. And I'll I'll admit explaining this to people was very challenging. Yeah, because (laughs) the way you typically explain things to people is you compare it to something else that already exists that people understand. Right, exactly. But I feel like this probably did not have... There was no... no precursor to... No, it's completely new. I mean, it's it's really interesting. And um, when Vogue wrote about it um, on the 4th of January, I remember that day because it was my first day back to work from the New Year, Mm -hmm. and I just thought it was so serendipitous that it happened on, like, the first work day of the new year it was just like such a new beginnings hashtag new beginning (laughs) and um you know it was like you know the only other brand that's doing it out there is Louis Vuitton and it's actually Mm. a fan fantasy character and it's very very different and you know that character who knows how long that'll actually live and how long that it's a campaign right and that's what fashion companies do they it's quick turnover it's quick it's of the moment Mm -hmm. of the moment and that's what fashion is you know but um which is why we love it which is why we love it (laughs) love it but yeah so she, you know, I started meeting with people and had to meet with, you know, Jose Salazar of Salazar oh, yeah. and asked him if I could borrow his restaurant for a day for a crazy char- character called Blaze. And <laughs> he didn't get it. And, you know, it was cool, but, you know, he trusted me. And he said, that's yeah, cool. you can have my restaurant for a day and yeah. I'll make a dish that's, you know, based on your avant-garde, you know, theoretical mm-hmm. trend that you see happening right. right now. And so, yeah, Blaze has become kind of her own person. I uh, like the way that it you incorporated... Uh, initially both food and fashion because those yeah. are two of my very favorite yeah, absolutely. things. Absolutely. But too. what how else do you envision Blaze mm-hmm. living in yeah. this in this world you've created? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I had a conversation with Mia Carruthers today. She writes um all that philosophical, fantastical copy that's really funky mm. and weird and you know it's not supposed to be completely understandable. It's supposed to be a little <laughs> Strange, slightly, you know, and very off, yeah. their poem. I mean, you know, she writes for big bands all across the country, you know, mm-hmm. and she writes lyrics, and that's oh, what she does. Okay. And okay. I reached out to her because, you know, I mean, I I put these things together, but like I also bring people together to create something. Yeah. And so, you know, I give her some inspiration, and um, you know, she and I were talking today. We were at Cheapside having coffee, and and um, so many. I was at Finley Market last Saturday, and I had, I had three women who came up to me who said they saw the Vogue article right, yeah. and I didn't know who they were and they were oh, that's awesome. all How did they know the, who you were? They, I don't know that I don't I don't know if they googled me or whatever I mean I guess huh. you can do that right. now well, you, yeah. know? you know which is funny you can google anybody now you can google anybody now but yeah you can google Blaze Bender and there's also there's a lawyer named Blaze Bender in Texas I probably should let him know that we're using his <laughs> oh, name <it's> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know I had no clue yeah but um but yeah so uh you know we kind of had this this idea to kind of put it all together and the women, what they said to me, and these are women who are, you know, well-dressed and they're in their 40s and 50s, okay. were, just said that, like, 
Blaze kind of reminded me of me living in my 20s again. That's the thing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And I was just like, holy cow. Because like, it's that whole aspect of discovery of yeah. self and of what else exists in the world that you can be a part of. Exactly. Sort of yeah, I mean, and what are our 20s about? It's all about fast love and yeah. fast money and, ah, you know, all those good times, you know? <laughs> and it was interesting because, you know, there's absolutely aspects of Blaze that are my life that are real life things that happen to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I pull them out and I might make them more sexy or I might make them more flashy. I might put a gold Audi in I it, you know, most right? Creators do. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also rely upon like people like you and I go out to dinner with people and I'm like, you know, tell me some crazy mm-hmm. stories. That's mm-hmm. usually like the first thing I say. And like, <laughs> you know, they might let me know some things that like what's happening with their friends. They never say names, never, but which like, is fine. which is fine. But like, I take those little pieces of people's stories and I like, I write them down on post-its and I have a little blaze book and I'm like, the blaze book, the blaze book, you know, wouldn't it be cool if blaze, you know, um, walked from Hyde Park to OTR mm-hmm. in, you know, Aldo heels with like a metallic heel. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why I thought about that, but it was like all about, you know, nature and metallic and like, na- you know, metallics on shoes and how it's morphing into metal. I was just like, you know, whatever. Huh. You know, it's just interesting. So, so women are saying to me, like, I just love seeing her kind of make this mistake with this. You know, and we call him Aiden. His real name is actually Aiden. Um, he pulls up in the Audi, you know. Oops. Like, I, I like seeing her make those mistakes. I'm, I made the same mistakes well, with, in my 20s, learn, too. You know. Right, that's how you learn. But we're putting, we're putting with her storyline and of her, you know, coming off of the bus from Wheeling, West Virginia and landing mm-hmm. at the Greyhound station by the mm-hmm. casino and walking to OTR and she's walking with her luggage and she's in the gritty beautiful glistening streets and um she happens upon salazar and Mm -hmm. she puts her suitcases on the you know on the wall and then jose sees her outside and invites her in early and then these you know crazy characters come in wearing all this crazy stuff and a hairless cat you know and they come in you know (laughs) i often see hairless cats in ltr (laughs) why not explain it yeah naked on the hill that's what they're called they have their own instagram account of course i mean even hairless cats have their own instagram account And, um, yeah, I mean, that's what the beauty of storytelling is to me is that it is a digestible and dissectable representation of what you're thinking at the moment. Mm -hmm. And no one can dispute a story and no one's ever said, I hated that childhood story. I mean, I've, I've rarely heard that. Right. Right. And it's about taking things and putting them into, into, into scenes and mini scenes and breaking it down. And, and then the fun part is like, how do you make that? photo as cool as possible Mm -hmm. or how do we how do we get that attitude of blaze right now or how do we say something political how do we say something about how women are feeling right now I mean so blaze is kind of a platform for all of these things and so that's kind of how it's all kind of morphed and it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work I was gonna say logistically how how often are you doing the shoots how how much work is it to put all that together you're talking about location scouting you're talking about actual wardrobing you're talking about finding props yeah I know for a fact that takes a crap ton of work it's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work (laughs) yeah I mean so we when I 
start to get an idea together, I start to like immediately start looking at product that I think is going to help tell that story. Okay. Um, so, so that, it's story first, then product? Story first, always. Okay. You know, story first, always. Um, you know, Blaze takes off in the car with Aiden and the Audi, and, you know, he brings her to their new home in Hyde Park, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I start looking for people's house. I'm calling all my friends, like, hey, can I come see your house? <laughs> you Is nice that cool? House. You have a nice uh, house. I know you distributed your pool. Can we talk, you know? And I just so happened I had friends who I'm members of the symphony with, and they just got this great house in Hyde Park, mm. and they were totally game. He's an architect, nice. and they just thought the idea was really fun. Yeah. And so they opened up their house for the day. They had to take their kid out to Starbucks for a couple hours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like one of those things. Uh-huh. But these these stories kind of start to, like, take shape, and I start to, like, just write, like, little narratives behind it of how she's feeling and how, you know, if she was in this room, how she would feel, and what would she do if she got up and walked around and what would the shirt look like? What would the skirt mm-hmm. look like? Mm-hmm. How does this kind of all work together? So there's a lot of visioning. That there's a lot of visioning. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. Um, I I really want to start to learn how to sketch so I can sketch mm. all these things out because right now I have stick figures and I show the photographer <laughs> and he's like, Micah, like I don't get it. And I'm like, you know what? It'll be fine. It'll just be fine. You know, Are you it'll still be working fine. with Dustin? Dustin okay. Sparks. Yeah, 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 Dustin Powell Sparks, exactly. I should say. And, you know, he... He just has such a trust level with how we do that because I set up every shot of, you know, she's going to stand in the corner. She's going to look this way. Mm -hmm. He places the camera and he definitely, I mean, we go back and forth. We talk. It's a total marriage of ideas. It's completely collaborative. Yeah, because you got to see how it looks in real life versus what you envision exactly. in your head. And sometimes always... it doesn't work at all. Exactly. And we literally yep. will just sit, we'll sit there together. And now, what's fun, Kate, the model, Kate Hempelman, who is Blaze, mm-hmm. um, and now people mistake her for it on the street, which is amazing. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> you know, she has gotten, because of this, she, she now is forming her own opinions about Blaze. She's getting into and character. She's getting into character, right? Uh-huh. And she's, she's making more, she's making more, um, more, uh, she has more of a say of like, I want my hair to look like this, you know, like, you know, inspiration from Bridget Bardot's Contempt shot in 1972. And so we talk about this stuff, you know, and now it's such a, it's such a fun amalgamation of like how everybody can contribute. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes something special. That's the best part. But I was really scared. I'm not going to lie. I was really scared when we did the first shoot. And I told Dustin on that day in OTR I was just like, you know what? Like, we're gonna do one of these. We're gonna, we're gonna shoot it. Totally makes and, sense. And like, you know what? If nothing what comes happens. of it, if nothing comes of it, we have a really cool set of shots. Agreed. And you have a great portfolio piece. Mm-hmm. And Kate walks away happy. And Salazar has some good shots of the food. Right. And like, we all wake away, walk away, Everybody and it's gets like a win-win. Out of it. Yeah. yeah, it's a win-win. Um, but it, it it's a lot of work, but it's actually so easy because. I have been in, interested in fashion and in a part of it in New York City in my own way mm-hmm. um, since like the 90s, you know? Yeah. I mean, I spent all my days babysitting. I babysat these kids, the Brown family, who mm-hmm. he actually shoots the video now. So Jake was really? two, two years old when I met him, and now he's oh, 22. He's lived boy. with us for the last five years. He's 22, I think. Jake, I'm sorry if I say this wrong. I think you're 22 <laughs> or 23. He lives in the first you're floor. A young bug. I, he's a wrong bu- young bug, but you know, I met this family and I babysat these kids for eight years. And she was an avid fashion reader, mm. so we got everything. I mean, we had Vogue, we had Elle, God, we had Harper's, Marie Claire in the '90s oh, man, for magazines. these editorial the was best. such a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like. You know, on the heels of Diana Vreeland leaving Vogue and you know, at the Costume Institute. I mean, it's just like, it's huge. And um, I read magazines all day long. Me too. 
All day long. All day. You know? All I cared about. Get lost, right? <laughs> Can't you just get lost in it? Yeah. I remember finding a stack in my friend's garage or my friend's cousin's garage in Tennessee. Yeah. It was on a church trip. <laughs> Nobody saw me for the rest of that trip. <laughs> I was like, well, guys, I found my, I found my place. <laughs> this is all you're going to yeah, get Yeah, you me. found your hallelujah. I really did. Right. <laughs> totally. And I think that's what, and that's, you know, I think why publicity was so special to me and how I kind of fell into that mm. and then fell into creative storytelling, which is, you know, storytelling and creative direction kind of merged together, mashed together. And, you know, I just got lost in that world. I mean, looking at, you know, Mark Jacobs in the nineties, you know, his grunge feature oh, yeah, that, you know, Grace Coggins and Perry Ellis days mm-hmm. and like seeing these, you know, young designers who didn't have platforms like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I mean, they had, editors at these magazines who would fight for them, yeah. you know, really fight to put yeah. them in the pages. And, the, you know, these editors put their put their complete ca- their careers on the line to feature these designers. You mm-hmm. have to think about that. It's like, you know, there wasn't any insta, insta famous, you know, no. there, there wasn't there just what there it just wasn't there. Internet wasn't there. I actually remember the first computer I had with the Browns computer. I remember hmm. like searching the internet and like not really understanding what I was doing. I had doing. no idea what was happening. <laughs> you know? I'm pretty sure it was like Ask Jeeves yeah, or something totally ridiculous asked. like that. <laughs> Do you remember like Encarta? Like the like it was like the encyclopedia yeah. of like Encarta. Like I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the um it was like the Yeah, like all those funny little things that don't exist anymore, like Encarta, the online encyclopedia. And like, it seems it's so, so funny. basic now to yeah. have a resource where you can go to search all Great. the things that all are there. But that was a new concept. It was a new concept. Yeah. yeah. But like all of this is happening. So it's like this merge of like, you know, editorial is still high and high, oh, you know, flying sure. high, you oh, know, sure. ad sales are great. And then like internet starts to happen. But like that world was so important to me. And I, you know, I remember going to New York with my family in the night. I saved up every dollar I had. Mm-hmm. I, the first fashion piece I bought, because you're going to laugh, but you know, Brandy the singer, Brandy. Yes, of course. You know, baby, baby, baby. I mean, that was like uh, a big deal in the 90s. Yeah. And she wore that Dolce & Gabbana t-shirt that said D&G. Yes. Okay, on like T... Uh, Total Request Live TRL. Remember when she I was that? on that show. I'm just going to tell you that I was a guest. Hair flip. That's I was amazing. a guest on TRL once. Of course you were. Of course you were. <laughs> yeah, but that was such a big moment to like look at D&G and then like start to research like you know, then every magazine I was looking for Dolce & Gabbana, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so that was the first. I, She had it in black with white letters, and I bought it from Saks. It was $50. I remember how Ooh, how expensive it yes. was. And my my family gave me such crap such a hard time. for I buying know. that shirt. I and I wore it on our jeans day because I went to the <laughs> Catholic school. And I I don't think people knew what the heck Nobody I was doing. Nobody knew what it was. No. I remember reading The no Devil clue. Wears Prada, and somebody walked by me, and they were like, hmm. What's Prada? What's Prada, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> I lost my mind. <laughs> That's amazing. But I mean, yeah. like those, that era was so special. I mean, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still so, you know, in all the 90s. Yeah. It was just such a special time, you I know. I still have my September 1993 issue of Oh my Vogue gosh, magazine I have 92. Yes, oh, that's yeah. so great. Good times. <laughs> it's great. It was funny, my mom is selling her house in Piqua, where I grew up, in Piqua, Ohio. And she was like, Micah, like, you need to go get all these magazines yeah. out of the closet. And I, I had one of those come them. to Jesus moments with my mom as well. You know? Well. And mm-hmm. she was like, are you going to keep these? And, you know, my husband, Marty, was like, Micah, we do not please need more magazines. Please, please don't We don't need magazines. any more magazines. You have plenty. You have, like, because you have every magazine from the last seven years, stacks you know? On and stacks it's like stacks. stacks. But I don't care. Yeah. It's my life. I, I go back. I look at it. And it helps me when I'm if pitching to my clients. If you actually do look at them, then it's oh, a yeah. useful resource. Mine were just gathering Yeah, dust. totally. Totally. Shame. Well, these are pretty dusty, too. But yeah, I mean, it's been so fun, and I I never thought it would become this 
You know, I never thought not only for not only for Blaze, but for me. Mm-hmm. You know, because really, Blaze was kind of a savior for me. Yeah. Um, and a tough time, and you know, my career, and you know, I really didn't know what to do with myself. I yeah. was really lost, and Blaze was kind of my my outlet to be creative and to find a new path for Those myself. Are really super it's important. so important. So important. You know, and I had nothing to lose, and I think that's what I learned from it. Do you think that, that was a motivator for you? The yeah, fact that you didn't really have anything to lose? I had nothing lose? to lose. I mean, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty deep and pretty, I, I really had nothing to lose, you know, with this the state of the business. Closed yeah, clo- closing PB Well, it was actually during closing PB&J and okay. we still, you know, it was a, just a very odd time and I just felt very lost and I needed, I need something to save me from yeah. this thing that was happening, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm so happy it did. And I'm so happy I am where I am. And I'm so happy that I found Blaze, you know. And See, this is how people always talk about how the moment that they felt their lowest actually turned out to be a really big turning point yeah. for them. It sounds like that's kind of what you no, have totally. experienced. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was a really, in addition to being a confusing time, I'm, you know, telling people because people started seeing the photos and I started creating the Instagram for Blaze and people were so confused. They were like, wait, she's not real. Right. But, and I was like, well, if you start at the bottom of her Instagram, it literally is a build of her story. So if you go from one, two, three, it's a build. It is literally a chronological, it's a linear story. And when I started telling people about that, they were like, oh, like a light bulb went off like that. People understand They get it. They understand the story. But when I was explaining it as like, a fictional fashion character. Mm-hmm. I mean, people didn't get it, you know? Yeah. And so I was just like, that's kind of abstract, which so. is great. Cause I was like, if people don't get it, then either one of two things is true. One, I'm completely off my rocker and I have <laughs> done something that's a complete waste of time, but at least I have some beautiful photos. Yes. Or the other is I'm onto something and I'm setting the trend here in Cincinnati mm-hmm. and we're showing Cincinnati in a light that has never been seen before. I checked the Vogue after you sent me the link. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I literally did a search for Cincinnati. And the only other time we were mentioned was Zaha. a Zaha Hadid story yeah. in 2011. Right. Yeah. it looks so weird to scroll down Isn't it that funny? page and see Cincinnati. It yeah. was so weird. Yeah, and I think that's unfortunate. You know, I think, you know, I mean, I've known you for so long. You know, we've been buddies for a long time. And we get together and we talk, you know, we go through the shows. We talk, you know, yeah, we yeah. talk about our lows and our highs and what's happening with life. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, it's just like I, you know, we are in the brand marketing hub of, you know, the country, yes. which is great. Um, I don't think we can continue to rest in those laurels as long as we have, you know, I think it's time that we all started pushing it a little farther, you okay. know, Framery is doing it with the glasses. They're a natural competitor, Warby Parker, yeah. you know, they're, you know, um, working with artists here in town to do, you know, ha- um, dipped, uh, plastic frame, you know, frames with like design. I don't yeah. know if it's out yet. I don't know if I can say it, but, um, you know, they're working with maker culture to like make something unique because you know Warby Parker is something like in their own lane they're not going to do something that wild and crazy right Right. that's not their but Framery can Framery can because they're smaller more agile exactly Mm -hmm. and you know they're the type of brand that you know I really admire because they're they're taking something and they're they're spinning it in their own way and that's really important but it's like you know I just read an article on fashiontimes.com about how Columbus is um, 
Columbus is the third largest employer of fashion designers after New York and L.A. Columbus, Ohio. Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, with limited brands being there. You know, Abercrombie, uh, Express. Oh, that reminds me of my okay. old days at the Victoria's Secret Warehouse. <laughs> answering the phones. Thank you, know? you for calling Victoria's. I don't know why I always did it yeah, in a British accent. Yeah, that's amazing. Accent. It didn't make any Thank sense at all. Thank you for calling Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I love you even more for that. That's amazing. But that's, I mean, it's, it's interesting, and they... They put it in such perspective. They have this thing called Columbus 2020, which is their big developments, an overarching um, geographical economical uh, uh, goal Mm -hmm. is to create 150,000 more jobs by 2020, which will result in $1 billion of new economic development inside the city. And I think that's such an incredible way to look at it because, and, and fashion is a big part of it. Okay, which is interesting, and you know. So they're putting money behind. They're that? putting money behind this. I mean, it's really interesting. They also how they framed it in the article. I thought was really smart. Um, you know, Columbus, and you know, I've I'll, I've said to you for the longest time. I think the Midwest is completely ignored. You know, if, yeah. You know, I don't know why we don't have a Burberry store here because I will be in there once a week. <laughs> but you know, I want to go try on so the, the you same know way you about know Barney's. I know I know yeah. I wish we could have a little Fred's here. You know, call Fred's. You know, <laughs> be much more cool. But um, you know, Columbus is within a one day drive. One day drive within a one day drive of Columbus is fifty percent of the United States population. And 30% hmm. of the Canadian population. Okay. Within a one-day drive of Columbus, Ohio. So that got me thinking. Interesting. Okay. Well, I haven't, we're I haven't only thought in, about, that, you know, about it that way. We're only an hour and a half from Columbus. S- from Columbus. Yeah. So, like, what are our stats? Like, I don't think we've ever done that. And I think well, we need not. to do that, you yeah. know? But, you know, it's like, why does J. Crew need to be in New York? Like, you know, it's not like they're doing couture. Like, they could be in Cincinnati. That's true. Do you know what I mean? That's true. You know, I mean, why couldn't some of these brands be here? I mean, you know, why can't we bring more fashion here? And I think that's what I, I'm really passionate about, fashion in general. But, like, I love Cincinnati, and that's why we have Blaze in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have taken Blaze to New York. To anywhere. Yeah, that's you true. You know, we could. But I thought... You know, Cincinnati kind of needs a character like her. You know, we've got food down here. We know how to we've eat. Got a crap ton of we know food. how to eat. It's dangerous. You know, we know how to eat. Yeah. We got we got football. We won't talk about that right now. Uh. We got football. We got baseball. <laughs> you know, but what we definitely need, and you know, article, article, kitten ace, Sloan boutique, Idlewild, you know, continuum. continuum uh-huh. Those boutiques are so important to our fabric. You know, they're, they're very so important to important. my job. Thank you guys yeah. for existing because you make my job a lot easier. <laughs> they're so important, but you know, Blaze was kind of also as I started talking to people and they were just like, I've never heard of anything like this. Mm-hmm. I was like, Well, you know, we've set trends in Cincinnati here before. You know, we can do it again. We created we created soap. We create ivory soap, you know. Floating soap. Floating soap. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can create a fictional, fashionable character that can help Cincinnati give a voice to fashion for our little Midwest city here. Yeah, I love that. You know, it sounds like you're pretty busy. I just got a press release from you today about a new <laughs> restaurant opening. So you're still like, yeah. you're still doing all that stuff and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So now, what yeah. does a day for you look like? Because yeah. I can't imagine yeah. how you're getting all this done. Yeah. So, um, I mean. PR accounts for ninety percent of my work, you okay. know, of my Are paid you work. Writing, most yeah, of the time, I write. Or? I have an editor. I have, fr- I have two freelance editors who help me edit all my stuff. Okay, um, and I've got a part-time employee. I've got two interns. I've got you know someone doing all the billing and stuff like that. So a day for me is a is a bit all over the place. Right. And because you know press works in such a funky way. I mean, 
sometimes I'll send out a press release that, you know, I look, I'll, I'll send it out, you know, to like my, you know, Cincinnati contacts mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, international contacts. Right. And I'm like looking at what's happening right now and happening on their website. And I'm like, there's no way this is going to be picked up. It's going to take me a week to pitch it. I'm going to yeah. have to call. I'm going to have to pitch. I'm going to have to call. I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'm going to really sell it. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to have to like go to their office and knock on their door, which I've done before once, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I've done before just once, time, just though. one time. And I, it was definitely warranted because it was worthy of, of getting covered. Okay. Um, but I, I, I think I'll have nothing going on. And then a press blitz will go out and everyone picks it up. That's what I was wondering about the immediacy of it. because It's completely immediate. Okay. I mean, I'll have, I'll have a day blocked off. Like Thursdays are a really slow day for me. I'm writing. I'm, I'm really writing. I'm like looking. I'm trying to figure out how I position a story. Okay. And then do all you segment the, your time that way? I then? definitely do, yeah. Okay. So I... You know, I have my Apple calendar, iCal. But I what, live and die by what, my Live calendar. and die by it. But mm-hmm. what I realize is that that only helps you live day by day. True. Okay. So I, I go to studenthandouts.com. Student handouts? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, like all of these teachers go on and they like, oh. you know, get these downloadable PDFs for like calendars. So like okay. it's a weekly calendar. I print it off. I've got a whole stack of them on my desk. And every <laughs> week I print out what I have, what I know like are my meetings. Yes. And then I plan out. All right, well, I have a six-hour block on Monday. I'm going to write two press press releases in that. The minute I send, I, I get those done, I'm going to send them to Maddie. She's going to edit them. I'll mm-hmm. get them back on Wednesday morning, so I make a little note on Wednesday morning. Then I look it over one more time. We might have a phone call. I'm like, hey, like this, I don't know, like what should we do? Then it's to the you know to the client. So okay. I really plan my time out in these blocks of time, and I try to give I myself, love you have to do it. You won't, you get nothing done unless you do, you know, and you have to be, you have to guard it. Like I literally guard my time. I'm like, I'm like, okay, dear client, I know you really want to talk about this right now. I know that you think it's really important. It absolutely is important, Mm -hmm. but like, can it wait until Friday? (laughs) Can we meet? Can we meet? It'll be just as important. It'll be just as important on Friday and you'll have some time to, you know, and so I really, I block four hours of time to work. Okay. But what happens is with press is that, you know, for example, one of my clients, um, you know, I was pushing this article really hard in Inc. magazine and like I knew it was a good story. I knew it, you know, and I sent it to her four times and she didn't <laughs> respond. And so finally I was like, you know, I'm going to, so usually what I'll do is I'll send it to her editors because I know who her editors are. Got it. So I sent it to her one more time, but I sent it to her editors. You copy them on it. I copy them on it. Uh-huh. Um, picked up in right. 30 minutes. Right. And all of a sudden that day I'm trying to like hunt down my client because they're in meetings all day. I'm hunting them down. I'm, I'm trying to page them over like they're the work. I'm trying to get them. Oh I'm trying God. to get the person who needs a quote on it. Right. I'm trying to get all the photos just one more time aligned to make sure everything's cool. Right. So that one day, that was a Friday day off that I had. That was my day off. Turned into literally seven hours of getting it getting it ready, setting up talking points, doing a, a editor bio to make sure that the my client knew who she was and what she Got wrote it. about so that they knew how it was going to appear, you Got know? It. And um, so that whole day off that I was going to, like, spend, like, just, you know, like going to CAC and seeing the new exhibit and, you know, sourcing inspiration. Oh, you and, do classy things. I was oh, going to say, yeah. doing laundry, oh, doing la- watching Netflix. <laughs> My husband does laundry. That's been our agreement from day one. Um, I do <laughs> not do like laundry. A good deal. Yeah. Um, you know, after folding all those clothes for those kids for eight years, I was like, I'm oh, never doing laundry. The true. little socks, yeah. I can't fold those. I can't even put them into little balls. You know, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Jenny will like that. She'll listen to this. So, hey, Jenny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it can morph in between being a really crazy week and then nothing the next week. It's such a up and down, mm. you know, but I really try to block my time for my clients to make sure they get the best value. Well, that's you know? cool. Yeah, it's important. I mean, press is very, um, 
you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and it might be interesting to talk about in the future, but like with other publicists too, but like what publicists do is we keep our clients in check with what's hot, what's now. True. Right? So in a sense, we are trend setters. We are trend spotters. Yeah. You know, well, I can, you kind of have to be. You have to be, to absolutely. pitch the right story at the right you time to the right person. Right. And you also have to know in what context it might appear. Mm-hmm. You know, so someone might have a great story and it might be beautiful and poetic and romantic, but like in the end, like how is it really going to appear in the magazine with the space a magazine has, right. you know, like, so for example, since I'm, it's limited, cause it's limited, it's limited space, you mm-hmm. know, and if you're going to try to get in the doctor's issue, you're screwed. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, you know, so you have to look at these stories and think, think as a publicist, what I do all the time is like, if Tamia wrote about this or like, if, um, if Polly Campbell wrote about this story, like how would it look? What photo would she use? You know, can I ask her to use a slideshow? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if this appeared, you know, in Vogue, like how would it look? What would the story be? What would the headline be? Like yeah, when right. I send the email to her, what would the headline be? And you know, what editors do a lot is they pull little bits and pieces from press release. Oh, for sure. Right. What if they pulled the the tagline, the headline to my press release for Vogue.com? What would it say? Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot about that. I think about what's going to be catchy to the Vogue reader. You know, Vogue gets 6.6 right. 6 million hits a month. Right. Um, they're sharing um, a story via Facebook and Twitter um, every 43, you know, 40, you know, 35 to 40 minutes, which is a lot of stories. They have to write a lot of stuff. But, like, what's going to be catchy? Okay, so what if I am, am in Vogue.com? Like, what's going to be catchy to the rest of the world? So you're trying to think about it from the end user's perspective. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, like, how does someone use this? You know, how does someone use this? How do I inspire a kid in Wichita who's like, I'm going to create my own fictional character? Yeah. Why not? Why you know? Not? I mean, these bloggers are doing it all day it's long. It's the same it's, thing. It's exactly the same, but Blaze has a purpose. Yeah. There's a purpose to her. It's not just pretty stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. You see her coming here. You see her kind of giving up her life for fast love so she has a place to sleep that night, you know? That's hmm. that's that's in that self very, very real. And okay. that's that 20s, right? I and mean, that's her 20s, you know, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? No details. No details. <laughs> details online. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's what's so fun about being a storyteller is like being able to take something and help animate it and help let it live in its own little like nebulous world and like then help the client see how it's all going to fit, you know? And you know, the power of, of a story now, I mean, we have new software now. It's so great. It's called coveragebooks.com. Um, you know, I found it on, on Twitter, but like I can now, I can now insert any online link from my clients and I can see how many times it's been shared on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest and LinkedIn. You insert this link where? To this uh, new system called Coverage Books. Uh-huh. So it's basically you create these like press books online. Ah. And I can see how many times the story has been shared. So like one of my clients. Oh, that's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. So one of my clients, Pleasantry, and I'm, you guys I'm yeah. sure have the back end at Cincinnati Magazine too, but you know, the announcement that they're opening up a restaurant, that article from Cincinnati.com was shared 758 times on Facebook. Yeah. So if every friend, every person who shared it has 3,000 friends, you know, 658 shares via 3,000 friends. Don't That's ask power. me to do the math. That I can't either because like I turned my phone off for this interview because <laughs> I'm sure I'm getting calls from my husband right now asking me where dinner is. But, um, <laughs> but you know, that's the power of press. So, like, you know, it's not dead, you know. And, no, no, and, no, no, no. And PR budgets are increasing, you know, for brands right now. But, like, I'm just not really interested. I'm just not really interested in doing things the same old way. 
Well, I mean, I'm just not get bored with stuff. Like I just that. You yeah, got to keep going forward. Exactly, you have to keep moving forward. I mean, that's what it's all about, and it's all about evolving. It's all about staying ahead of the game. Yeah. You know, we work with a lot of companies on rebranding and name branding and all this stuff, and it's like I tell them all the time, like look at what your clients are doing. And like, I help to paint a big picture. It's really important to say, all right, your two biggest competitors are doing these things. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do the same exact things. You could send an email blast. Right. You know, you know, there's a match, you know, there's a reason why you get email blasts every thir- Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday mornings. Yeah. Okay. You could do that. Definitely. And you could keep trying to sell more stuff, right? You mm-hmm. could, but how, how, what are you going to do to engage people? People know that you sell stuff. You're a brand. You sell stuff. We That's where that. they go to you. Yeah. You know, we know Walmart sells stuff. We know that, you know, we do know that these things. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, we know that Kroger is going to have fresh produce. We know that they're going to have rice. That We know they're going to have simple truth. Okay. okay yeah. We know those things are going to happen. We do know that. We don't. We got it in our cupboards you know, at home. We don't need to be reminded every two seconds that they sell rice. We don't really need that. We don't need a billboard that says rice one ninety nine now, dollar ninety nine now. Yeah. We don't need a billboard that says that. We do need a billboard that says be inspired here. Shop differently here. You so know, you're saying give a people a different reason to come yeah, to you specifically? Beyond the products. Okay. If you keep selling products, just empty. Products are, at the end of the day, products are special. Are you Absolutely. talking more about the experience? Exactly, uh-huh. the experience, but like also how we talk about it. People are people are just so attuned now to, to how advertising oh, works. Man. They get it. Yeah. You know, they get it. You know, they get it because because well, they watch Mad Men. They watch Mad Men. They watch, they have social media. They see things pop up on it's, New York Times right talk, there. dissecting, you know, yeah. widening Kenny's latest campaign for P&G. They understand the inner workings of how advertising works now. You're going to have to start, people are going to have to start playing on a level that is really taking people to a different world, right? A different world, a different place, a fantastical place. Do you think that's how... Blaze grew in that period of time because you mentioned the ladies in Finley Market yeah. who said this reminds me of when I was in my 20s yeah. so it's kind of transporting them Absolutely. to a different place even though the experience is via social media social media yeah definitely and I think so I mean I think that um, you know I, I yeah absolutely and I look at I look at all of this advertising and I look at you know all the magazines that we read mm-hmm. and you look at the Vogue, you know, you know, two-page spreads that Ralph Lauren buys or whatever, and it's like, what really has been innovative in fashion lately? I don't know if there's been all that much. Now we can talk about the product, we can talk about clothes, we can yeah. talk about Iris von Hochburn and her clothes and how she's merging like three D printing with you know her haute couture. Like that's amazing. That's technology. Yeah, that's innovation. That's moving it forward. However, if you look at all of these fashion editorial advertising um, it's the same things it's the same three girls Um, their hair is in the wind and you know the word mark Givenchy is in front of it it's the same stuff and it's every page and it's like why hasn't innovation really translated into how brands are talking about themselves which is interesting because fashion is a relatively creative industry so I feel like I feel like somebody is out there trying to move it forward. Maybe they just haven't gained the traction yet. Yeah. It's going to have to be a new brand, though. You know, I mean, so many of these brands like, you know, Balenciaga and Chanel, they're so rooted. it's too old for the old it's school too, brands? Well, it's interesting. Well, it's interesting because, you know, they're innovating in product. They're innovating right. in bags. I mean, 
they, they make, I forget how much money off of, you know, the accessories oh, and the God, perfumes. Yeah. I think it's like 70% or something like yeah. that. And it's, and someone said in documentary, it's certainly much easier to buy a $400, $450 pair of Marc Jacobs shoes than it is, you know, his $12,000 dress, and you know. easier than that to it, buy a $50 bottle of perfume. Right, exactly. And easier than that, buying it as a knockoff from H&M. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? So, you know, the fashion world has certainly become smarter. It's become more about selling more stuff. Right. And I think... I think that I think everyone kind of has enough stuff right now. Definitely have more than you enough know? stuff. But if you're going to buy stuff, you I know, am definitely going to buy you're stuff. You're going to buy stuff. <laughs> but if you're going to buy stuff, you know, like have it be unique and have it be special and, you know, don't show up looking like, you know, a norm core mannequin, you yeah. know, with like the washed out jeans and a black shirt. And you know, yeah. I'm wearing all black right now, so I can't say, because in the wintertime, I can't wear nothing but black. I just can't do it. <laughs> but I do have an ostrich, uh, you know, my leather, it's like, you know, ostrich sleeves yes. and whatever. Sorry, people who like fur. And, Super cool. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, I have a uniform absolutely in the wintertime because yeah. I just don't care. Uh, you know, oh, I just want to like show up and, you know, I just want to, you know, I just want to get up and get out of the house. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think that, I think it's so important to kind of like move past the product and that's what blaze is doing she's taking she's taking the story and you know she definitely shouts out the the fashion that she's wearing mm-hmm. like live the process and comb de garçon and fendi and isi miyaki and you know d squared and chanel and you know Maison Mar- margella crazy daisy rings you know mm-hmm. like kind of fun stuff but it's not about it is and it's not about the fashion it's about the story behind it and how she acquired it yeah that's and, what, well, that's know, what makes it interesting. That's what makes it interesting. Versus just looking at a pretty picture. Exactly. Because, you know, there are plenty of pretty, pretty pictures. There I love pretty pictures. Don't get me wrong. Plenty of Instagram people who are yeah. out there who are famous. I'm not sure what that means. But, you know, and it's in the sidebar. It's funny. Somebody posted on Instagram and I follow him. And <clears throat> he has great shots. I don't know how he does it with his iPhone. I mean, mm. it's such an art, you know. But he's like, you know, being famous on Instagram is like being rich in Monopoly money. <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah. It only like, matters in this particular exactly. universe. Yeah. yeah. And and then also, you look at all of those photos, and like, in the context of themselves alone, you know, what do they mean to their bigger story, other than being just pretty pictures? Right. And I don't know if they really have an answer to that either. I would love to hear from them. There's going to be some level of context. I don't know if there is. No. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm trying to. Com- I'm definitely trying to combat that, yeah, right? I'm yeah. trying to say... I'm trying to develop There the can be a linear story, yeah. you know? Blaze is in OTR. She meets Aiden. She takes off. She's in Hyde Park. She's doing yoga home. She's drinking champagne. She's having <laughs> macaroon. She's wearing vintage Givenchy uh-huh. shirt. You know, she... You know, then the next story, you'll just have to wait and see and, you know, go to Blaze's, you know, Instagram and find out. But, um... When will we see this story? Yeah, so, um... Oh, gosh, I don't know. So we, You know, it's it's... It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. And there are always these, you know, hang-ups with, you know, weather. Oh, God, yeah. You know, we don't live in Miami, so I can't shoot you know, with perfect sun every day. But, um, yeah, right now I'm really interested in merging um, um, current fashion with brands like Kid and Ace with pieces of American symphonic music. So, um, you know, I... I I listen to two stations on the radio, um, 90.9 WGUC and um, <laughs> Q102. That's like my go-to. So you're a grandpa. I'm a grandpa, <laughs> but I like it, you know? And I found so many beautiful things on WGUC, these beautiful okay. pieces of music that I had no clue. And I went huh. to music school, um, but I hadn't heard it in so long. But um, Gershwin did this um, incredible piece in 19... Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Sorry, Louis Longray. Uh, 1944, <laughs> I think. 
uh, something like that, 35, I can't remember, but he performed it on the stage of Carnegie Hall. He was a virtuoso. He had never studied music. He composed, composed these two pieces, performed them in Carnegie Hall on piano. Um, the New York, I might get this wrong, New York Symphony Orchestra conductor was in the audience, thought it was the most groundbreaking new American music he had ever heard, commissioned him to do it. George Gershwin had actually never written a symphonic piece of music. He had actually never scored a symphonic piece of music. He had actually never put it together, and he commissioned it in eight months. Wow. So Gershwin went to the bookstore, which you can imagine how that was back in the day. He bought every (laughs) book. Yeah, card catalog. bought, Bought all the books. He studied the counterpoint. Went to Tanglewood, I think, or Chautauqua. I can't remember. I'll have to look at that. But... He composed it in six months. Wow. Okay. And I just thought that was so interesting. It's so American, you know, and Kitten Ace is a Canadian brand, but like, obviously like the store here is so special mm-hmm. and wonderful. And what Betsy and all of her team are doing is just fantastic. And, um, and I was like, what if we set, what if we set Blaze's story when she's, um, kind of like sitting at home and being bored in Hyde Park and she walks from Hyde Park to OTR, but we set it to Gershwin F major piano concerto. So it's like these merging of worlds and I don't think anybody's done that either. So I was like, that's cool. And I'm searching and, you know, I'm looking with Jake, you know, my call my son brother. Cause like, you know, I babysat him for eight years uh-huh. and it's like fun and you know, we're buddies and he's like my best friend and all this stuff. And, and he was like, I don't think this has been done. And I was like, Oh wow. Like a full piece, like a mm-hmm. full movement, which is 13 minutes long. And you need a lot of video for that's that. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, you need a lot of video for that, but it's been fun. So you know, we're we're rolling it out a little bit at a time, but, you know, I'm relying upon a lot of people, and they're doing it all for free. Yeah. You know? They're doing it all for free. Well, if you're doing an interesting <laughs> project that people have not had a chance to do before, exactly. then that's... I mean, I can see why that would be yeah. attractive. It's been fun, but I've had so many people reach out and say, hey, I want to be a part of mm-hmm. this project. Hey, I'll do the I'll do the um, the music to the video. Okay. Um, okay. I, do you guys need another camera angle? I'll 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 do close ups ah. of when you guys are catching angle one and two. I'll right. catch from the side, right. and I'm like, yeah, man, just come up, show up at eight a.m. <laughs> you can shoot it. You know, we have fun. We have lunch. We have dinner together, and it's just such a big family. It's kind of become this, like, Blaze family, and it's it's been so much fun. That's you know? cool. That sounds like a big, uh, a big endeavor, but definitely worthwhile. Yeah, we always shoot for the photo shoots. We shoot everything in one day. That's, That's the rule. Lot. That's the rule. But if you do the homework ahead of time and you... Sketch it out, even with six figures, if you plan, plan, plan. Mm -hmm. But that's what I do at night when I go to bed. I'll lay in bed, and I have these big pieces of paper set up, and I'll start sketching. I'm like, okay, what if she was faced, you know, asymmetrically to the camera, and what if her hat looks like this, and Mm -hmm. what if it's in her hand this time? And you kind of go through this, but it goes quick. And, you know, Justin and I talk a lot about this merge of, like, you know, we need at least 30 good shots for the Instagram feed to, like, live. Yeah. And um, so that's also been interesting. So I'm always pushing him. I'm like, next shot, next shot. He's like, wait, one more. I'm yeah. like, okay, next shot. And yeah. he's like, okay, one more. You Photographers know? are always like that. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. all right, we got 10 more. Yeah. We got 10 more shots. <laughs> yeah. We got to move on. Right. And I'll sometimes, like, he'll be saying one more, and I'm, like, literally moving the tripod. <laughs> you know? That's but it. But you, you have to, like, really plan out this, like, linear motion of her yeah. intent and her aspirations. And so you ha- we have to have, like, 30 shots, you know? Yeah. And we have to shoot it in one day. And sometimes it's in one night. We'll shoot from, like, 5 p.m. until midnight. Oh, that's crazy. You know? But it's fun, and it, it gets me out of, you know, out of being a publicist for a day yeah, and you know puts me in my own world and experiment and, yeah. and what's fun is that I've learned so much about um, so much about my my publicity skills and like how I can better them through Blaze like how I can 
tell better stories for my clients. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without exploring this. That's the thing with having time to experiment and do things on your own away from the usual block that exactly. your mind is in. Exactly. As you expand your mind in all directions. Yeah. So it's not just the one thing exactly. that you can relate all that stuff to a bunch of different things. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, you know, Landor was one of my clients for a while and you came to all the inspired that's where we first oh, yeah. met, inspired uh-huh. by Anne. And yeah. I still think about all those days and there's so much fun and Cincinnati was so young. You know, in that it was sense. So fresh. We're so fresh. So and, fresh. You know, Landor with the windows and using Annie Wainscott's fashion illustrations and um She's you know, the nicest lady too. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Amazing, so right? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Cool. It's so cool. Yeah, they should do it again. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to email Mary tomorrow. But, you know, Mary would always say, you know, good ideas come from everywhere. Agreed. And I'm a total believer in that. Yeah. Like, um, she always would tell the story about um, the janitor at, uh, what are those things? I don't need a lot of junk food. Um, what are those things that are like, they're uh, crunchy and they're orange. They're like Cheetos. Uh, Cheetos. Thank you. Yeah. Oh they're, my god. The janitor. Hey. I don't eat that stuff. <sighs> I, I really don't. Like if I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat carbs. Like you I want pizza. Know, you know. The sensation <laughs> of caked up cheese. It's amazing. Powder on your fingers. It's so good. Oh, you're okay. missing out. I will say I do eat them when I when I drive to Michigan with Marty. Like I will get um, funyuns because you can put them on your yes, fingers and it's cute. Yes, I love funyuns. Funyuns and Cheetos, but like <laughs> the um, that crazy flavor they came out with. It was like the hot jalapeno whatever. Okay. It's some crazy flavor. Did it come in a purple bag? I think so. Okay. I think it was, it was like a spicy thing. Yeah. Hot, spicy about. or whatever. Yeah. That idea came from the janitor at Cheetos. And I, that has always stuck with me. Really? Yeah. That came with it from the janitor at Cheetos. Huh. He, he told someone in the hallway or something. I can't remember how the story goes. He told someone in the hallway and they took it to their team and they made the Cheeto, and if it's you like. If you tell me a janitor came up with flaming hot Cheetos, you know, I'm gonna have to find yeah, a janitor. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. That we took should me through like my entire college career. You know, I think it is. We should check on that. Uh-huh. But, like, good ideas come from everywhere. Agreed. You know, just like good fashion. Just like good fashion comes from shop every- everywhere. Yeah, shop. You know, go everywhere. It's like it's all about experimentation. It's about adventure. And, um, you know, I never shut off. Like, I'm at home. Like, I'm going to go home right now and finish Mad Max, you know, the Charlie's Theron movie. Oh, you're watching uh, it? I, I, I've already seen it eight times. Like, I'm so obsessed with it. It's so amazing. You know, like, you like all movie? the dark leathers and the dark, shiny, um, the shimmery, how they put the, the oil the on their face, the, ha- uh-huh. the head, mm-hmm. and um, the use of, like, plastic see-through body armor which you know was a, I think a complete nod to like what um, McQueen did a couple of years mm. ago before he died you know it was so interesting I don't know where it came from that but um, how it came from that point but just so fun to like explore cinema and That's explore true. music and explore just all of these areas of life and people that inspire me I mean I've become friends with people I never thought I would have become friends with and we'll just get together and we'll just like talk and sometimes our our faces under my hands like my hand right now you can't see me but it's like I'm just like what's going on in the world like what's happening like what's going on like I I just want to be a part of this world that is like you know, mine. I want to make it mine. Yeah, you know. I think you have to. I well, think that's yeah. what makes life worth living. Yeah, absolutely. I w- I wouldn't do it any other way. You know, you gotta have fun. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so speaking of fun, I have been trying to focus on appreciating the small things. Yeah. Okay. So you know, everybody loves the big moments yeah, of joy, and of course. But thinking about the things that literally take you through every day. Yeah. The little things that you can appreciate. Like the other day, I took the most amazing nap. Yeah. I mean, I, like otherworldly, like it was revolutionary it nap. It was revolutionary. <laughs> 
in terms of napping, because as an adult, you don't really get to take a nap. Yeah. You don't get to go to sleep when the sun is out. No. So if the sun, the sun was out and it was like shining, uh, I was I laying on that. my couch, it was shining on my feet, I had my blanket on, That's I had cool. Netflix going, That's I was awesome. able to just turn off. And it's stupid because it's going to sleep. Right. Hey, I love sleeping. Right. I'm an amazing right. sleeper. If there <laughs> so was an Olympic event. <laughs> you would win. Gold, Gold every medal. time, Gold baby. That's right. <laughs> but thinking about that amazing nap. Yeah. Yeah. Brought me a lot of joy. Like, yeah. I was like, I, I, I love that. Yeah. Are there any moments mm. in the past seven days that have brought you joy, big or small? Yeah. It's so hard. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean... You know, I think, you know, I think from a completely, you know, selfish level, you know, after Vogue appeared, I got a call from an international publication who wants to write a story about it. That's huge. And, you know, I don't know. 2015 was a rough year for me. And, you know, I really had to, I had to really kind of trudge through it. And, um, you know, so like moments like that just make it all worthwhile. You know, when you can look back and say, okay, all that was not for naught. It was not for (laughs) naught, you know, it's not for naught. And, um, I, you know, like all the friends and people I haven't talked to in like 20 years from high school who were sharing it saying, you know, Aww. like, you know, like that yeah. was special. Like it made me like have a little tear, you know, For and that sure. was cool. Like, okay, y'all still got my back. You got my you back. Thank you. Way back Yeah, in the I'm day. like, I don't recognize your name because you're married now. Right. But, you know, it's <laughs> like, I'm like, who is that? Um, but yeah, I mean, I see so many things and I, you know, I, um, I work with someone who, you know, kind of helps me plan my life, you know, and she, her name is Cindy and, uh, you know, she gives me, like she a always, coach? a coach. Okay. Yeah. She's like a life coach. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talk about how I organize my days and how yeah. I defend my time, you know, and okay. it's interesting. And she helps me come up with little antidotes. And so she's all about finding, like examples? yeah, like, you know, you know, you know, role play, like, okay, a client calls you, they want to meet right now. Like, you don't have to so say, yeah, practice. I can practice, you yeah. know, you, you, you role play, you know, it's so funny. Huh. It sounds so funny, but we all need it in our lives because, you know, we're all dealing with personalities. You're in the personality business. I'm in the personality business, yeah. you know, and sometimes you're not your best self, <laughs> you know, when, uh, uh-huh, right. And, daily? you know, you know, hashtag real talk, like sometimes like you're up on a deadline and, you know, you just got to get stuff done and, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but she always tells me to like find those little blessings in each day yeah. too, which yeah. is really inspired me to kind of like not take myself so seriously. No, and to you maybe know, slow down a slow little down. bit and try to be in the moment a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Which you know is really hard. Um, it's super. It's so, so hard. hard. You know. Why is it so hard to be where uh, you are at the time? It yeah. makes no sense at all. You know. I don't know. I, I meet with people sometimes and they're so intently looking at me. Yeah. And I it makes it me feel you out weird. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. Yes. Like. Stop paying so yeah, much attention like, to I'm me. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm not, you know, it's like I'm boring. Like, you know what I mean? Look at someone else. Like, oh, right. look at him. He just walked in. You know, and exactly. it's like, you know, it's it's a really funny thing. But I'm always looking for those little blessings and I always laugh. And, you know, I'm so lucky to have my husband. Y'all are so cute. I don't want to talk about it. Oh. Yeah, y'all are adorable. It really I mean, makes a big difference to having those people who you know are on your team, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, just got emotional folks, you know. <laughs> so things are going well. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely a blessing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just to share your life with someone like that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So crazy to, you know, just experience, like, you know, we got married in New York in May. And yeah. 
Oh, you know, so it'll be coming up on a year. Yeah, so you'll be invited to the wedding reception on May twenty first. Don't everyone show up because we don't have enough room. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's like it's a really. It's a really incredible thing to, like, live with someone like that and have someone support you and, like, be supportive of your creativity and, like, you know, like, when the article, you know, when things happen your way, be like, you know, heck yeah, man, Mm -hmm. like, awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, because you don't always have someone like that to, like, say that to you, you know, and, you know, he's just, he... He takes care of me. He makes sure I have, like, all my yoga wear, my Pilates clothes from the Blue Lemon. You know, he always makes sure I have, like, you know, uh-huh. you know, it's an important thing because, you know, and I... And that's another small thing. Exactly. It seems small, but it makes a huge difference in yeah. terms of knowing that somebody is there for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. Like, one thing... I mean, I go to Cheapside every morning for coffee. Mm-hmm. I go from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. and then I go to work. You do meetings there? Um, I, I will, but... Yeah, I'll do, like, a lunch meeting there. Okay. But I work in the morning, and that's, like, my time to, like, plan my day yeah. and, you know, answer emails and stuff like that. And just the team there is so cool. I mean, they're just, like, such a cool group of cats. Like, they're just so fun and funky. They did funky an Instagram and, takeover for Cincinnati oh, Magazine. Oh, I saw right that. Holidays. It was that awesome. Was so cool. Yeah, they had so much input in terms of, like, okay, well, we can post this and talk about it. Yeah, that. I mean, they're such a creative bunch with, like, Rami's, like, hand-whittling spoons. It's like, you know, it's who like... That? You know, it's like <laughs> straight out of the scene of, like, Lord of the Rings. And it's like, who are you? Um, you know, it's so wild. That would never even occur to me. You know, but, like, he and I talk, and I'll be like, hey, like, you know, Rom, like, what do you think of this idea? Or Beck, I'm like, hey, Beck, like, what do you think of this idea? And Beck is so funny because she's just so honest. And you don't expect it sometimes, you know what I mean? It's great. And another thing that I find, oh, this is so cool. Um, sorry, I found I found out what I want to tell everybody because I'm sure you guys are all involved in fashion too, but there's a new app if you have the uh, Apple TV. Okay. And it's called M2M. It's called Made to Measure. And I it's saw all, that. Yeah, it's all fashion. I think I read about that on Views yeah. of Fashion. So I think, I, you know, I'll we'll have to check with um, the Vogue team. You know, we should ask, we yeah. should ask um, Steph at Vogue. I mean, she might know, but we can maybe check. But um, I think what happened was the CFDA bought Made Fashion Week, and Made Fashion Week was where all of, like, the emerging brands mm-hmm. came up. So, like, Pranza Schooler first showed there, Altazura first showed there. I think probably Goring maybe had first shown there. But um, M2M on Apple TV has... Um, Valentino, The Last Emperor. They have the Marc Jacobs Louis Vuitton documentary, which you cannot get on Netflix or HBO or on Apple or on iTunes. When was that filmed? Um, It was filmed when he was still at Louis Vuitton, so it was had to have been like two years ago. Okay, I was going to say like twelve, thirteen. And it's so good. It's so amazing. And they have Contempt with um, Bridget Bardot in the sixties and seventies, and they have. they have the McQueen retrospective mm. um, documentary. Mm-hmm. They have all this cool stuff, and it's like I'm like watching it. Like I can't stop watching it. I even went home for lunch the day because I like day. needed to watch the first set of the Mark Jacobs thing one See, more I time. I probably don't need it because I just no, watch it. All it's day. so good though. It's so worth it. And, and they also have all the spring um, summer shows of 2016. They have all the shows of all the designers and it's such a wild thing it's 90 bucks you gotta go on Apple TV we gotta get you on <laughs> hey Apple can you Roku. can you get can you get to me an Apple I TV I paid a crap load of money for your other products perhaps you can <laughs> throw me a bone on this one throw me a bone on this one <laughs> but that is so incredible to see an app dedicated to fashion yeah on Apple TV it just shows that. you where we're moving mm-hmm. and it's so great so I hope that like inspires you know the 10 year old kid in Pickle, Ohio to like you know follow something yeah, the way Tim know. Blanks back in the day inspired yeah, me Tim Blanks and Shalom Harlow and <laughs> oh my gosh. House of Style with Todd oh, Oldham oh, yeah. and Cindy Crawford and you know when I you know like I'll never forget that one scene when um they're in Shalom Harlow's apartment you know New York and mm-hmm. it's just such a snapshot of like this cool West Village apartment and 
such a cool lifestyle and just like I don't know, it it's made just all the such difference. a real yeah, yeah. it's just so real and so fun before they scripted reality series. Yeah. You know? It's such a real thing. Like House of Style in nineties, like that was my jam. Oh, I was all over it. <laughs> you all know? Over it. Just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop watching that stuff. I remember dude. sitting in the computer lab at college looking at style.com I think it was an Emmanuel Ngaro show yeah flipping through the show and like trying not to cry yeah the computer totally. I was like it's just so beautiful it's so I love it so much guys it's amazing isn't it yeah. yeah a little part of my heart totally tugged when they closed down style.com I was like oh this was like my first real entree totally. into runway yeah yeah it's such a neat world I mean I think there's so many other designers. I think there's so many designers right now who are making it such a cool show, like Chris Bailey at Burberry, how he now shows men and women together. So he, sometimes he does, I guess, in certain seasons, but how he's like infusing cool artists, that you, like Benjamin Clementine, who did one of the shows, who I thought was so beautiful, and no one really picked it up, which I thought was such a missed opportunity. I thought it was a beautiful show um, with all the, um, the hand illustration paintings on all the men's bags yeah. and the scarves and they're still not on sale and I wish they were, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, you know what I mean? I'll have to buy How it. How long do that. I have I to know. wait? It's okay. I'm just going to get Cody to do it for me. Cody Cunningham. <laughs> I've been talking to him about it, but do my own way. But, um, yeah, I just think it's so much fun to, you know, be a part of all these different worlds. It is. You know, it is. it's just such a blast. you get to explore all the different aspects of yourself. Exactly. That's part of those worlds, too. So yeah. that's, a, that's a big thing for me, for it's sure. It's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been fun talking yeah, to you. Yeah, so much fun. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you coming down. Thank you, guys. Make sure you check out Blaze Bender on Instagram. Where else can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, they can find us at blazebender.com. And uh, our website for the company who created Blaze is Fallon Thatcher, F-A-L-L-O-N Thatcher. And um, I started this company a year ago. What so. about you personally? What's going on? Yeah, what, where oh, can people find you? Um, Micah, Micah Phone on Instagram. M-I-C-A-H-P-H-O-N-E. Micah Phone. Like a microphone. Yeah, follow <laughs> along. So you can follow Micah, and you can follow me at The Style Sample on Instagram and the Twitters. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>